There's nothing better when I'm hungover like I is now than to be singing some lovely industrial metal. Is that the ultimate cure for the hangover oh, from hell? It is certainly going to cure it, I hope. And it's written by some lovely, lovely lads. Lovely young men. If I was 60 years younger, I'll tell you what. What? Machine! Whoa! Machine! Whoa! Machine! Whoa! Machine! With me in the studio is De Coeur, a London-based industrial metal band with a charismatic Italian-born frontman named Ace at the helm. Both he and the group's new guitarist, Tony, whose late arrival is punctuated by an impromptu outburst from Molly, the Dookie radio show dog, chat about their new double album, Manifesto, and their respective favourite words. Okay, this is ice, and my favorite word probably is destruction. Destruction. Are you a destructive person? Do you like to see the end of things? No, probably uh, what I like is to see destruction. Maybe it's like a necessity for uh, for doing an intelligent reconstruction, or like to build something better later. So, like break it down and start again. Maybe yes, or maybe just continue because it's all part of the same cycle. Hmm. Is this a theme that features in your music at all, the idea of destruction? I mean, your album, after all, is a a manifesto and then some. Yes, I assume it is. So the one thing which certainly has been constructed is your latest album, which is an epic entity. It's a double album. This is the first time that I've had four sides of vinyl to get through. That's a a mammoth task. How long did it take to record, Ace? Uh, It took... uh between the recording, the composition, the it took nearly four years to get there to this uh, finished product that uh, we have now. Yes. And where did you record the album? Uh, we've been recording it in uh, various studios, like my own personal studio, in, and in uh, uh, like in um, uh, Humber Studio in uh, Greenwich, and uh, between various studios, like uh, drums were done uh, mostly in this uh, Greenwich studio. Um, uh, some percussion has been done mostly in my studio and all guitar, bass. Uh, some of them have been done in the studio with drums. Some of them have been done in different uh, sessions. Uh, most of the keyboard and synthesizer have been done uh, by me, like in different sessions. And yeah. uh, Molly, the Dukey Radio Show dog, indeed gave a hint that we have a late arrival from Decur in the studio. All right, my name is Tony. My favourite word is cunt. Cunt. <laughs> it's a really solid word. A lot of uh, our North American cousins get offended by it quite easily, I but think, it's so... I think that's why I love it so much, because it offends people. Indeed. But <laughs> it's so useful. Word. And, I mean, obviously it's the, the conduit for life, but also <laughs> it's the, the source of so much... Bile and, and hatred, and sometimes only a cunt will do. That's it. Being from Italy, I so you know, have you embraced the use of the word cunt in the way that Tony and myself have just done? Uh, yeah, I, I heard it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> do you have you used it in day to day lingo yourself? Um, every now and then, yes, right. <laughs> but, but you reserve it for those moments maybe only when you're angry. Um, yeah, maybe yes. Maybe I must be really angry right. to say something like that. <laughs> See, when he's really angry, is that passionate yeah, yeah, feeling, isn't it? You want to get it all out. <laughs> Just like one word. Tony, how long have you been in Decur? Um started with these guys last year, August. 
Oh right, so yeah. you are a, a new arrival, a that's, baby within the that's right, yeah, within the band. And that's and right. uh, can you give us a little bit of background to the group? I know that your first album came out roughly ten years or so ago. Yes. And what happened before then? When did you form and start from that point up until the point where Tony, the cant lover, arrived? <laughs> and please take that as a compliment. <laughs> that is a compliment. Okay, basically we uh, like the the band started uh, like from the very early production I did from when I was like uh, up to 14, 15 years old, and uh, evolved to be. What is this project that you, this band that you can hear now, uh, through the time and uh, basically the first time we used the like the word decor was in uh, um, uh, like here uh, 99 2000 basically this is uh, the first time we used it uh, just to release like the first single that was uh, back in the day was called the face of evil and um, since then like uh, uh, the sound has been always evolving before that it was uh, more or less was exactly the same music but uh, you know i like to define it from when we start to use the same name for continuity uh, but uh, it's like uh, just later on when we arrive in uh, 2005 or so when for 2004 when we released the first single of uh, from dark that basically the the band start to uh, to take the shape like uh, uh, we have it now. Like the band went through different lineups and reincarnations, and Tony is uh, the latest addition that I'm so happy to be in band with, because he's such a great guitar player and uh, just because he rocks. <laughs> it's the best way to be. Having heard the album, you're going to need to rock because there's some like really chunky, full-on big guitar parts. You mm. know, you can't do things by halves. How did you guys meet? You know, was it like Spinal Tap where you were just at like a bus stop and thought, you know, you might as well join up? Or no, it happened. It happened with uh, like an advert that I put because, uh, like, um, the guitar player we were playing with uh, decided just to um, you know to stop playing guitar uh, because he had different plan in his life and everything and but he was uh, like Barry and uh, Barry was like a uh, very uh, kind with us and everything and said uh, uh, these are my future plans and uh, you know like let's take it in uh, uh, in consideration and it's better we start to look for uh, some other guitar players so basically in that moment I found I, I put an advertisement and this is how Tony um, uh, how Tony like uh, I, how I met Tony and uh, before like just on the at the same time I met as well uh, Ivan that is uh, the other guitar player we have now and I had absolutely no intention of, of having two guitars in this band just because I, I guess is uh, is something to worry more about and these kind of things but after when I heard both of them they were just like wow okay let's try let's give an audition to both of them and we went to the studio with uh, Drake my drummer and uh, uh, Amadeus and uh, you know, like I was really worried, you know, that there would be some sort of a fight between them or maybe volume uh, escalations. But they were just like nailing each other and just was, wow, okay, I found the perfect uh, lineup. And here we are, like now playing uh, so many gigs and enjoying and recording and everything is great. Tony, did that synergy with Ivan, the other guitar player, did it feel immediate for you? Yeah, it, it felt good to be honest like to have that it's a big sound and I love having that big sound so I think for me having the other guitars was just awesome it was just nice to have that so yeah no I really, I really enjoy having being in the band definitely had you played in bands with twin guitarists before no I haven't actually no not from what I recall no um, it was five was it four piece I was on bass at the time but, so I've never had that opportunity before but hearing it it's really good Really good. Two albums worth of material and also songs dating back to the early noughties. I, I prepared myself. So when I came to, uh, I think maybe the first rehearsal, I already, I already gave me a list of songs to learn. I made sure I learned them to the best of my ability. So when I came, I came prepared. How many, how many tracks was it? It about was 10? pretty, pretty no, I think a little bit more than 10. How oh, was it? Bloody yeah. hell. Well, <laughs> you are, you're a well-prepared man. <laughs> and how long between that first session in the rehearsal studio, audition, and when you first played together on stage? Uh, the first rehearsal yeah. and the first gig, I think was... Uh, Less than a month or something like this. Whoa! So maybe, it? maybe, yeah. No, maybe, maybe one month and half maximum, because uh, we start to rehearse at the end of August and we play the gig. Was maybe October or September. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe like one or two months, mm. like uh, of rehearsal and. But to be honest, it just clicked. We just nailed everything. Like on the first rehearsal, I had uh, this feeling. Okay, I, we found what we needed here, mm. and. Uh, 
yeah and it just keep growing and keep growing and even like uh, we like um like the way we're writing songs like you know like uh, tony comes with a riff and even plays along it and and it's like what is developing now is just incredible for me it's like is the i'm so proud to be with these guys because they just they are just very very strong together and have you guys started to write new material since Ivan and Tony have joined yes, on yes. board? Yeah. And had, had recording, has that started to take place yet? It's early days. Yeah. So you guys really do not waste any time. It's That's no. a serious work ethic. And Ice, in terms of your background, you're from Italy originally, and you really developed your amazing skills as a sound engineer there. What prompted the move from Italy, where the food is fantastic, the people are friendly, the weather usually better than here? What made uh, our shores attractive to your good self? Um, it was just uh, just to continue this uh, music uh, travel that is life. It's like uh, at some point uh, I was already doing this band in Italy and I saw, you know, the, the alternative scene in Italy there is and is very, uh, very alive and and fermenting. But at the same time, uh, there are uh, the, the clubs are much more uh, uh, separated, uh, like uh, in terms of distance. And uh, it's, it's here, here in, in, in the UK that I noticed and generally in uh, in all this part of Europe is uh, much easier to for a band like to get uh, new gigs and uh, uh, get on on stage and on bills like uh, so just following like I met someone that uh, told me about uh, music here and just keep going and going and it just happened to be honest it's like I never really decide oh I'm going to do this it just happened right and the band's name it implies a, a bit of a German influence. What aspects of German music, if any, have uh, sort of inspired you? Are, are we talking about the kind of the whole German techno scene or German industrial scene, or did you just merely like the name and decided no, to? There, uh, there is uh, some sort of background on this, uh, like uh, the uh, like uh, Tony D, not not Tony and Nash that is with me. Uh, like he's um, was the guy that I always played with uh, since I was a kid, and we were doing some sort of uh, synth music uh, first, evolving to some sort of uh, electronic, and start to add guitars, and you know the early stages of the sound that we are having now. Um, he was uh, just born in uh, in Germany, but he never lived there. He just was born there, like for a few months, and uh, he lived all the time. And, and basically, when we were kids, he was always dreaming of uh, going to look uh, at the, his native uh, city. So basically, we were kids, and you know, like, uh, like uh, we start to develop this name that was like the Care, because uh, we were fan of uh, like uh, probably bands like a Cure, or we were fans of bands like uh, uh, an Italian songwriter like Franco Battiato that did a song called the Cura. So we were like, uh, you know, just influenced, start to use this name, and after uh, we were like after a party and like a. Uh, um, a girl, a friend of ours, like uh, she had like a dictionary of German, and we start to see how to translate this care, and so arrived this org, the cure, and uh, we start to like, oh, the cure sounds really evil, sounds, and we start to joke about this, and um, at the point, you know, when you start to stylize it, and and that's remained. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And Tony, what were your influences and bands that you were playing in like before joining the gang? Um, yeah, okay. Bef like bands was in before. It's like a hard rock band. Um, it was so much fun though. I really enjoyed it. We did some tours. We met some uh, good people and went around. But the uh, we had a bit of a problem within the bands. You know, it, it being like musicians. A yes, yeah, man. Is, let me leave it as that. But I mean, with influences, I feel like I started with music quite late. I met a friend in college. Uh, sorry, school. Even uh, secondary school. He showed me Slipknot. I was like, oh my God. And I just, it just went from there pretty much. But for some reason, I went a bit backwards. I went to like Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit. Then, then my, eventually my uh, influence got heavier and heavier. And I went to, it's gone to Pantera, Gojira, Strapping Young Lads. And that's it. I've just, that's where I've gone from there. But yeah, man, I've, I think my music's taken, I was got into it a bit late, but I still love it, man. Love it. And um, do the, the big four feature at all in your um, influences at all for either of you? I'm a big fan of Megadeth and Slayer, yeah, mm. these two. But uh, I'm not that big of a fan of Metallica. And I love Anthrax, yeah. So probably it's three out of four. The big three. You like the big three. <laughs> <laughs> the, the holy trinity. <laughs> Conceptualising the war machine. 
Can you tell us a little bit about that track, the inception of it, and what's it like to play live for you, Tony, having to learn it and make it work with another guitarist and with a, a veteran from the band right next to you, Ice? <laughs> the track, yeah, speaks more about, uh, you know, how... Uh, you know how at the end every uh, everything you do in your uh, in your daily life in your job or whatever it goes to in one way or another to finance one finance or support what is like a, a global war or how you want to call it like a, and even if you just want to be a part of it paradoxically you 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 take a, a place in this uh, big uh, picture that is. Uh, uh, this war machine that is like basically like a factory, like a press, like a, but this is uh, what uh, what I and we tried to and and as a band we tried to express with this song. It's like uh, you know you can be uh, on your own and uh, suddenly there are uh, airplanes arriving over you and and you know it describe a scene of. Uh, um, of an hypothetic war or in a, you know, like uh, is happening all over the world, unfortunately.
when you were a kid in Italy in the 90s, I mean, no doubt, you know, you had war taking place in quite a nasty way just on the other side of yes. the, the Adriatic. And um, even, even, and even the Cold War was a kind of a big thing mm. back in, in the day and even even now, if you want, <laughs> go deep. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that your upbringing and being in such close proximity to conflict has shaped the songs that you're involved with writing now? To be honest, it's not, it's not it's, you know, this is, is like this song as, as much as the album is more like a, uh, writing down what I see, you know, like through uh, all the propaganda that you have uh, through newspaper, uh, radio. That's why like one of the theme of the of the album is the cost and the radio sound everywhere. Uh, it's just because uh, it's uh, such a, a powerful propaganda tool and, and tool. And this is a uh, this song were uh, conceptualizing the word machine is exactly like uh, trying to describe what is it, why there is this. Uh, um, conflicts in the in between world world nations and powers and um, you know why after so many years and so many uh, technology intelligence people still cannot arrive to uh, find uh, a way to communicate uh, between uh, different parts of the world or uh, uh, calm down the what are the materialistic interests between nations or uh, power so it's just it's just it's more just about uh, doing a picture of uh, of the of the actual situation is not uh, i don't express uh, direct direct opinion on the if he's right or if he's wrong I, I, it's not my intention to do it in the song um it's more about describing what what is happening around us in this uh, very moment the one thing i've noticed about the album although you've got manifesto at its core it, it isn't a preachy release you know it is very much observational and the the listener can make up their own mind and ultimately regardless of where your politics are and what factions you support or don't support you know it's war has become become conceptualized as big business and um I think it's exactly, also exactly. yeah, it's quite fitting as well that the the radio, the 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 media samples that appear in the background are in different languages as well. So it's not yes. necessarily aimed at one particular part of the world. So it's kind of pointing the finger internationally, pointing the finger at ourselves. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's more about uh, describing the situation where we are all in and see how we can eventually be, be able to improve it. Now the next track I understand is become a bit of a fave for you live servants of the netherworld it's a chunky heavy tune i mean there's yeah, no yeah, doubt definitely <laughs> it's really cool man i really enjoy playing it man always uh just gives you that power that energy um I just want to go crazy for it all the time man i love that song <laughs> Thank you. 
It sounds like something you could either open or close the set with. Am, am I warm? Uh, no, usually we ah. put it uh, towards uh, <laughs> towards the middle, second middle of the set. Right. Usually. So yeah, it's with uh, decur. There are no lulls. It's just when you get to the middle of the set is when you've got a fucking headbang more. What is it with the strong language? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is something I you guys wrote before I turn up in it. So I mean, it's one of the ones that stood out for me. Same with War Machine. That's one of one of the big ones for me as well. But. So you guys did it before me, and yeah, I'm grateful to be playing it, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. You mentioned this track is a really, really strong one for you live. How different are the live versions to the recorded version that we just heard earlier? Mm. Have you gone there into is... a different direction at all, or, or are you fairly faithful to what you've recorded? I think it's the energy as well, and especially when you hear and see Drake play, for example, I'll drive my... It's like, even blows me away sometimes. Just listen, I stand there and watch him all day. He's just, he sounds so, like a machine. He is a machine. He, he is. is. <laughs> and do you guys use triggers live or those those are acoustic drums? Just No, he's acoustic drums. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a man hitting those skins it, it, really even, hard. Even even on the recording, it's, him. it's really him recording this. Goodness. It's not drum machine, it's not triggers, it's just... So his, yeah, his sound of drums. He he may sound like he's a machine. Well, it's much yeah. better than a machine. Yeah, person. absolutely. <laughs> the tracks flow throughout the whole album. I mean, the drums are bombastic, relentless, in your face, taking no prisoners. So there's like no way that you could not have that same energy live. But obviously, if you've got new members in the group, you have no idea how things are going to change. If some bands, you know, are better listening to a CD rather than watching them on stage. But mm. I think uh, we're a band. Def- I think live. I mean, even IC puts on a performance as well, man. Like last last gig we did, he's blowing out fire. I just did not expect it. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's he doing? Oh, man. Are you aware of the health and safety regulations <laughs> that you may be in breach of? Excuse us. <laughs> no, I think more. No health and safety at a decoy gig, innit? <laughs> more fire on stage, please. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Propaganda illusion. Talk to me. It's just what the title says. What it does what it says tin. on the tin. It's a Ron Seal track. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not being an hypochondriac or nothing, but I think I've got chlamydia. DDT. What does it stand for? Uh, DDT is this uh, chemical that was used to uh, to kill insects, and uh, and I use it as a metaphor because uh, you know in this track. Uh, you know, it's like uh, says the more you try to put down uh, people, repress crowds or whatever, the more uh, strength you give to them, basically. And this is what happened uh, with the history of DDT. You know, DDT was a chemical that was used to uh, to how to say to ex- to exterminate exterminate insects right. and. Uh, and after, uh, basically, insects start to feed off this and so became even more powerful and become, you know, like uh, genetically evolved from that. This is, uh, yeah, and I use it just as a metaphor of, uh, for a little bit for all the um, alternative music, for all the underground, the more people try to push, the, the stronger we're going to get. Like anything, if you've survived a difficult time in whatever capacity, be it an insect that's just had some nasty DDT thrown at it, or that you've been on tour and venues are shutting down and you've had to deal with health and safety officials due to the flames on stage, it only makes you stronger. Uh, I like that. I didn't know about the, the story of DDT and the idea that actually the insects began to love it. Yes, more of that, please. <laughs> yes, it's like steroids for bugs. And and the fact that we have uh, insects on on the covers was kind of a nice reference to balance this. All of London, even the handbags, are swinging to the sides of the Dookie Radio Show. The Dookie Radio Show does not broadcast on a frequency that exists. However, it's available for download every Monday if you're up for it. And oh, heads up, you are. Who is this guy? He sounds like an asshole. 
Oh, in this case, it's a scorpion, yes. Oh, goodness. I just thought it was a funky graphic, but it is indeed a <laughs> it is indeed an insect, especially if you look at the one right way up. <laughs> right. The other way, it looks really, really phallic or okay. like a... It's like, okay. Well, in no way does this look like the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> right. Another battle ahead. The concept of that in, in that moment of the album is like that... Uh, there is not really winner or loser in war. It's just every, there is only people that die, and this is what uh, expressed this song. Simple as that. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, one life is worth one life, and is no. There is not really. There is nothing else but uh, blood shed in shed in spread in war. That's the main message. bill for Alice's Wicked Tea Party. Have you had a look at your fellow bandmates taking part? Anybody that you're looking forward to playing with? And we are so excited to play this because it's going to be really, really epic. Um, there are a lot of bands that uh, I am so pleased to be on the bill with, including Global Citizen, The Underrunners, um, uh, the Be My Enemy. There are It's just an amazing lineup, uh, simply, and the fact that uh, uh, they are making such a big effort to do this festival uh, in uh, in a field. Um, is I just appreciate as much this uh, effort, and I am fully supportive to this idea. And we are honoured to be part of this bill. In terms of what people can expect from a live decur show, 
Ice, you play synths and you cover the vocals. Yes. Are you doing these together or the synths coming in off of backing tracks, a little bit of both? No, we don't use absolutely no backing tracks at all. And right. No, and uh, as well, I try to keep uh, no samples. So basically, even the radio sounds are all generated live on stage. So every time, basically, you watch us, you're going to... F- see a different show that's 100% at least from synth point of view playing with chaos yes i like this i think it's good in these days where people are slaves to the click track and backing Uh, tracks it's nice to know that things will be coming in in different places and keeps you on your toes in a a moment uh, i tried to use like a click track with a backing track i'm telling many years ago and i just thought that uh, it killed the feeling of this uh, and i wanted something really more raw and even because, you know, like sometimes live uh, we like to change structure or uh, go for um, a quick jam uh, between songs. And, and you know, like we just don't be, we just, I mean, I just don't feel like uh, it's nice to be slaved to a click for this particular band. There are some bands, that's that's but yeah. just, you know, it's as free that Sony can feel free to do three times the riff instead of four or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, uh, and, and I can play over it and all the keyboards are played live. And usually this is one of the things that probably give us dynamic because when I play keyboard, it's difficult to sing. So it's like it's only very rare that I play keyboard and sing at the same time. So either you have the voice or the synth. So there is always uh, some movement in the songs, basically, that I guess is pretty uh, unique for this band, like uh, in a way. And with a setup where you're triggering samples and playing synths live, how much gear do you alone have to bring on stage or have you pared it down to something that's reasonably manageable? Um, and if so, tell me how, because I'm suffering in one of my bands uh, with a like, whole other st- uh, subject. It, it all comes down to how big is the stage that we have. And, uh, <laughs> right, so you've got different versions. <laughs> different versions, yeah. I, it, it starts from uh, like a simple uh, uh, one keyboard, one radio, and maybe like a small sampler uh, arriving to having maybe a couple of big keyboards. And uh, I, I, one of the... Uh, like a main thing that I always have is like a kind of an alias alien percussion I like to call it because it looks like an alien object that was made by a guy uh, Martin that he builds a a metal percussion in uh, in France and he built it especially for this band and uh, I really love it and I I use it on every gig and uh, he has like one uh, of these contact microphones so every time I bang it uh, you can really feel it that's brilliant. Are, you, are we talking metal on metal? Metal on metal with uh, like yeah. a 20, 20 something inch spanner. So it's like, <laughs> wow. That's my main instrument, I assume. <laughs> Do these sounds appear on any of the tracks on the album? Or is yes, this only. All, all over. All ah, around, right. every, every track. <laughs> Most of the snares are together with this percussion and this kind of thing. So. Got metal on metal happening. No, no, it's... when there is a metal sound alongside the snare or maybe some percussion, yeah, it means it's that. that percussive element you're definitely doing something right because it's one almighty sound and from a guitar standpoint are you doing drop tunings throughout or what are we hearing and what kind of sound are you using yeah, it's not so i'm not um i'm used to i'm not really um uh i didn't i never went down to drop a before but obviously being in the band that's, that's their key that's what they play mm. that's something i have to get used to but i love that sound man it sounds so big it sounds so good. I mean, drop A, there's just as soon as you, you hit those low chords, <laughs> it's an almighty earthquake that's causing it, sound. Yeah, I love it. I love that. You get the wide vibrato as well and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool, man. The harm, pinch harmonics sounds really good in there as well. But yeah. And how heavy have you had to go on the, the strings to deal with the, the glories well, of low yeah, A? Yeah, I, I had to go, oh, is it 50, 56 or something? Sometimes 52 even, I think. Is it? Yeah, think. just to sort of, you know, make sure it doesn't go yeah. too... <laughs> loose sort of thing but um no man it's such a cool sound love it and then with the twin guitar ethos how have you had to approach your guitar sound and and ivan respectively it's got um it's got a balance out you can't have it just sound otherwise if it's too much it's gonna sound like mud you need to have um some sort of clear or you know like some treble cutting through and stuff like that so yeah it's something you have to take into consideration definitely or it's just going to sound like shit to be honest right yeah you're, you're mindful of your your frequencies and, and what you're covering you don't want to sound like a cat after all <laughs> <laughs> it's important that the the words that we talked about as being faves earlier make it back 
Cunt, which is indeed the source of life, sometimes the cause of destruction as well, depending upon how you look at things and uh, and all of that. Where can people find out about your band on the World Wide Web? Give us website details. There is, uh, yeah, there is uh, the official website that is uh, www.decour.net. And uh, we have like a Facebook page that we try to update uh, as much as possible, but we're a little bit uh, lazy on the social media sometimes. Uh, you can find us on uh, uh, um, the usual thing, like YouTube River, as well. You some YouTube, YouTube videos. Uh, there are some YouTube stuff. There is a uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Uh, you can get CDs from records, not CDs from there. Uh, you can have uh, physical CDs on uh, via plastic head uh, music distribution or you can get it uh, you can order it in uh, shops like HMV and this kind of things and so which distribution company uh, handle you plastic heads right music distribution is uh, we are really proud to be partnered with them and uh, yeah it's going are they pretty based well. in is it Oxford I, I think so and what about up and coming gigs with you motherfuckers talk to me we have had uh, Alice in the Week at Tea right and the day after we are headlining at the Electroworks Oh, uh, nice. So uh, do you know are, who's on the bill? At, uh, there uh, is a last July. Will the Flames be making a regular appearance at these um, these gigs? No, 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 it's like a, it's, it's something that happens every now and then. But, right. you know, it's like I like to keep the concert always with something uh, uh, special. So it's like uh, sometimes can be the Flame or we will see next gig what will be. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, so you never know what to expect at a, a Decur gig. And in these days where so many bands sound exactly like the CDs and perform in a very pleasant and polite way, it's nice to have a bit of unexpected goodness. I understand that you're going to be crossing the channel to France fairly soon. Yeah, we will be playing uh, at the, um, in the city of Lille uh, alongside our fellow bandmates, uh, band friends like uh, Max Demised and Mashi Rocks that are two awesome projects and as well Osborne Jashop that is um, the band from France that invited us to play and is like is the first edition of this music festival called the Indus Festival and we are so pleased because we already played once before in Lille mm. and uh, it was a blast so we had such a fun and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and as well we play on the 17th of June at the Lounge 666 as well so yeah it's pretty busy in this moment Any plans to return to Italy? We, what are, like? we, are, we are valuing some of the gigs down there, yes Yes, who's the next patient? I'm ready to do the analysis. In this instalment of Analyze This, we travel back to 2012. The band, The Hives. The track, Come On. Belt dark-haired Swede singing the minimalist yet effective lyrics of alleged composer Randy Fitzsimmons explores impatience while simultaneously encouraging inclusivity. I'd like to thank Ace and Tony from Decur for joining us here on the Dookie Radio Show. And here's a final track from the lads called Slaves of the Empire.
Well, that's your lot. You've been listening to our interview with Decur. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. Until next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. Facebook. It's easy to find, it will not take an age. www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash the dukey radio show the dukey radio show the dukey radio show